Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Coaching Manual show. This week the Coaching Manual are joined uh, by John Macken, former Premier League and international striker. We're also going to look at score predictions, we'll give you a coaching tip of the week and we'll also pose a question for all you coaches out there. What position do you want to be? Play from me. John Macken, best known for his appearances at Manchester City and Preston North End, racking up 120 goals in 491 games. Also an international player, getting a cap for the Republic of Ireland. And John Macken is here with us today for episode two of the Coach Emmanuel Show. So you've played under Eric Harrison in the class of 92. Yep. So do you just want to kind of elaborate on what he was like day well, to day? I mean, Eric Eric was, uh, the class of 92 was, I think it was two years, three years uh, older than me, but obviously Eric Harrison was still a UC manager when I was there. And he was, uh, he was a very strong character, so to speak. You know, he, he certainly knew what you needed to, what needed to be done to be in his teams. You knew how he wanted to play football, how he, Really, how you you set out as a team and how you set out as an individual, and it was a, and it was a very good grounding to really to push you on to be a professional football player. He kind of he give you all the tools you needed to be strong wise, physically wise, mentally wise to be a professional footballer in the, in you know in the game at that time. So you had a really good experience with him. I did, yeah. I mean, with with Eric, he. Like I said, he was very, very demanding at times, but he knew what it took to get to to a certain level, and that's how he pushed his players, especially in the youth team. And he, uh, and you know, I was one of them. And fortunately enough, I, I made it through. Jim yeah. Ryan was a big influence for me as well. Who was that? Sorry, he was a reserve team manager there, Jim Ryan. Oh, okay. Was he different to Eric yeah. Harrison? Or? Well, they both had different styles. I mean, with Jim, with Jim, he was very focused on. He'd look at you as an individual, whereas Eric Harrison would—he was more the team and the group as a whole. You know, I think when you go into a reserve nature of the game, when it was then, you could look at individuals and you could develop that individual as well as the team because you're playing with a lot of professionals then who was coming down from the first team who wasn't playing then, so it was a little bit easier, I suppose, to more one-to-one development of a, of a certain player. And Jim Ryan was a big influence on me. You know, he helped me a lot during that period. Cool. And you've also played under some other managers like um, Moyes, Keegan, yeah. Dowie. So <laughs> some pretty big names. Did they kind of differ from they did. the way they did things day to day in the club? Yeah. It was very strange. I mean, <laughs> you always think they're kind of the same and you know they're all, I suppose they have different, different standards and different levels. But with David Moyes, he was very, very focused and very, you know, he was always on the ball. He was always kind of knew what he was going to do, and and he stuck to that regime, and it and it worked really. You know, it works for individuals, and it works for uh, for the team as whole and the, and the football clubs. I, I mean, I was very impressed with David Moyes. I thought he was a fantastic coach. He was he was always a good manager and a good a good person to me. He was uh, he was very impressive. Probably the best I've, I've worked under, if if I'm honest. Uh, with Kevin Keegan, he was very kind of. He was. He was. He would. He wanted 
you to do well. He was kind of very, very nice, nice manager. If <laughs> like I said, you can have your screams and shouts. He wasn't really a screaming and shouter. He was. He let the coaches coach. He got involved. He was very. He was very focused actually on the on the other teams. He let you know about the opposition. He'd always write about every individual player in certain positions of strengths and the weaknesses. Uh, and he was he was very very experienced. You know, he'd, he'd won it all. He'd been through it all. So he'd always give you you know very good advice. And I, I think I think what he was very good at, Kevin Keegan, he, he was very good at one to one speaking personally. And if you went in with a problem, he'd always help you sort it. And if you went in to ask his advice, he'd always give his advice. He was always willing to give and to lend a hand and to get and to give you advice in in any way possibly good and and, that, and that's good you know especially when you had as many foreigners as we did at the time in in the football club. Yeah, the coaches that you've worked under, how have they influenced the style of coach that you're aspiring to be? Uh, well, I think you take little bits of it all. I mean, when you got, I mean, for instance, Billy Davis at Derby County, he was very very, on, kind of on the front foot all the time, in your face. Gene you up, getting you going, and I think you you look at that and you think, yeah, you like that kind of desire and passion, and you want that will to win. But yeah. when you take a step back and you think, well, you know, Kevin, every manager wants to win and every coach wants to win. They just do it in different ways, and you take little bits of it all. I mean, I love the way David Moyes was prepared for any situation. He got his team prepared for any single situation, and that he did that through the training sessions. And then you knew. I mean, it was very similar what we did continuously for four or five years uh, but it kind of worked for us as a group of lads so you take that as well you take that preparation and that you know the way you prepared for games and the way you prepared for training sessions and weeks when it used to you couldn't train on pitches you know everything was he was already planned everything yeah and I think you take that little bits of that but then you take little bits of what Kevin Keegan did individually and mentally to prepare players for certain games and certain situations so it's, it's just little snippings of everything I think you, you kind of take and you know you've got to get your own style as well. Yeah, That's what you've got to try and find which is as a new coach coming into it you're still learning, you're still learning off different people you know in different situations and different age groups and different personalities. And you're playing career to going into coaching? Well at first it's very strange because you, you kind of you know you played for 20 odd years kind of professionally. Yeah. And then you kind of got to go straight back to the drawing board and learn everything again as if you're learning it brand new. And in a way, you are. I mean, you do. I think the, the hardest thing I found is to try to take being a footballer into being a coach. Because everyone says, well, you know, you've got to try and coach. You can't coach it as a footballer. Right. Uh, you know, as a player, so yeah. to speak. You've got to coach it differently. And that's difficult because you take your experience and you take what you know into a coaching session, but you're only taking what you're kind of taking it into a session that you've been involved in as a player, not as looking at players. So you work it like that. It's, it's just I found it I found it strange at first because it was it's just it's just a transition, I suppose. And I, I always used to it used to wind me up when other people used to say to me, "Oh, you've got to change a little bit." And I was thinking, "Well, why have you got to change?" But now, when you're doing a bit of coaching, you you realise you have got to change. your kind of the way you speak and you, the way you think about things because not everybody can do what you can do as a player. So yeah. you've got to understand that and you've got to try and explain to them what you want out of the session or what you want out of that individual. And I found that I found that a little bit difficult at first. Mm. That kind of crossover. Yeah. How do you feel about coaches that haven't played at that level 
because a lot of our listeners are grassroots coaches. Yeah. So what they're going to want to know is how do they make that step into professional coaching without playing at the top level of the game? I don't think you have to play at the top level to become a coach. You know, like I'm saying, I've come from playing 20 years in professional football to starting again brand new, learning everything from the beginning. So anybody can do that. You know, it's open to to any any person who wants to get into coaching and who's got the ambition to go and be a coach, really to start from level one, level two, and work the way, work the, the way right up there. I mean, some of the coaches now, some of the top coaches in the world, I've not played to a high standard or I've not played professional football player. So, I mean, it's definitely there. It's, it's, a, it's a big learning curve. I mean, I think that in that aspect of it, the hardest thing for them would probably be the way they communicate to their players if they get to a professional level. But, sure, but I'm sure they would have learned a hell of a lot before, up until that point anyway, how to deal with players, how to deal with individuals how to deal with some stroppy players at times and some players when things are not going well for them, how, they, how to deal with them situations. But, I mean, like I said, I, I do believe anybody from any walk of life can go into coaching and reach the highest level that they're willing to do, yeah. willing to push themselves to. Do you think they'd be shocked at how much hard work has to go into it? I do, yeah. Because they started. I, mean, I certainly didn't understand the coaching aspect of it. Obviously, I've heard many stories of loads of friends, loads of managers, coaches, who have done it and, and told me, oh, it's difficult, it's hard, you know, it's a long period, it's a, but you've got a good start because you've been into football. But once you start it, I think that's when you either love it or you kind of realise that it is going to be a lot of hard work and it's going to be difficult at times. Do you want to be involved in it? And, uh, and hopefully the people who do, and they'll be the ones that are right to the top and, and the ones that don't, then you know, they'll, they'll take a step back and look at something else. So, so where are you at right now with your coaching? As in? As in, where do you like, work for the listeners? Well, at the moment I'm working at uh, Oldham with uh, their under-15s. Uh, I'm doing that uh, with, what are you doing? Paul Bright. Paul Bright, yeah. Uh, and I'm really enjoying it. I've got to say, it's uh, when, the, when it came up, the job opportunity, obviously I went in for it. I wasn't really expecting anything because I'm brand new to it. Uh, so I just went into it hoping that I'd get be given the opportunity and luckily enough they, they offered me the, the opportunity to go and work obviously with someone like Bob Wright uh, who's got great experience and then you know you can learn a lot off as well but I think it's the same coaching you know it's the same as playing if you're going to be taken on by a professional club what are you bringing to the table are you are you bringing something what makes the, the team the club better yeah. so what is it and and you don't, like John Wright said, you don't have to have played at the top level, but if you have, you're also bringing something to the table. Mm-hmm. That, that's the, the added benefit. But if you're a player and you sign for a club, it's because you're bringing something to the table. That's an academy player or a first team player. You're bringing something what fits in the ethos of that club. It's the same for a coach. How are you going to leave your mark and leave your stamp on, on the club? You know, you've also, as a player and a coach, you've got to meet the demands of the game at that level. Mm. So if you want to progress as a player, you've got to be able to make sure you understand and you can meet the demands of the game. It's the same as a coach. So if you're coaching grassroots, then your next step isn't going to be first team in the championship. It's finding, it's, it's, it's understanding the demands as you go through. You wouldn't throw a 14 year old into a first team as a player 
it's meeting those demands, and they are very different demands, by the way, playing to coaching, but it's still getting to grips with the level. Yeah. All right, well, one other thing we can do is the match predictions. So each week we predict the score for... Not been my bets recently. Well, <laughs> we predict the score. So the fixtures next week are on a Tuesday and Wednesday for Premier League. Yeah. So the, the highlight games really are Norwich Chelsea, because I'm a Chelsea fan, and then United Watford and Liverpool City. Uh, so you can pick one and make a score prediction. You don't want more? No, I don't want more. Just pick one that you're confident with. Uh, City Liverpool 2 2. There you are, there you have it. 2 2. Brighton. Blue United go. Watford at home. It's at Old Trafford. To be fair, Watford have set up well recently. <laughs> no. Under uh, a. <laughs> Unbought Man U. No, it is. I'll go for, I'll go for Man U 2 1. Manchester United 2. Watford 1. And I'm going to go for a. 2-0 win for Chelsea away at Norwich. Shock. Chelsea win. <laughs> Chelsea win, yeah. So they're the three match predictions, yeah. So, coaching tip of the week for all the coaches out there is when you're coaching your teams, either with an attacking topic or a defending topic, uh, whatever your focus is, try and coach the team with an underload rather than an overload. So what I mean by that is if you're working on attacking rather than creating attacking overloads where it would be four attackers against two defenders or three defenders try and uh, underload the attackers so it might be four defenders against two attackers or three attackers if we think about the game and the things that occur in the game um, a lot of the time attackers may attack with an underload um, so it, it, it puts them in different situations which are also game specific and different skills have to be utilised so if an attacker was looking at attacking with less players around them than, than there are defenders it's about holding on to the ball, protecting the ball and taking shooting opportunities when they occur also this can be flipped the other way so defending when outnumbered um, so again an important skill set if a team counter-attacks you on the break, can your defenders deal with defending one against two attackers or two against three attackers? So really looking at delaying the attack um, for recovery runners. Again, an important feature um, and a good tip to, to really stress um, game-related problems and, and put your players in those situations. Okay, this week's question of the week is based around formations. So the coaching manual are going to be analysing different formations over the next few weeks to really dig in and research why teams use certain formations. So our question to you is, what is your favourite formation and why do you play it? Thanks for listening to episode two of the coaching manual. Again, you can send us through your comments and your questions using social media and also our website and we look forward to hearing from you. Don't score with this goal.